Today on Locked On Canadians, it looks like the Canadians didn't do much of anything on the first day of free agency, but does that mean that they have some trades coming to clear up some cap space? We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk a little bit more about development camp and our small sons and our large sons, and it's an exciting time to be in Montreal, even though there were no major free agency signings this first day. All of that's coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 657 of Locked On Canadians. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day, and we're so grateful to our listeners. We're going to talk today about the non-things in free agency and talk a little bit about what may be in store, seeing as Kent Hughes um, pushed back his press conference. We believe they are working on some things. Um, that's all coming up a little bit later in the show, but we wanted to start a little bit and talk about the last day of development camp because there's a lot to talk about. My name is Laura Sab. I'm one of your hosts, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined by Scott Matlow, Habs Eyes on the Prize. And Scott, you've had a great day of waiting around and refreshing and not seeing anything. Yeah, I was going to say, today was the kind of day where I probably could have, like, just slept in or gone into my day job or something. But (laughs) it's not the end of the world. The Canadians did what they needed to today. And we're going to get into why they did that in a little bit. But like, it was also the last day of development camp, which was far more interesting, I think, than anything going on in free agency, because uh, some of the contracts that were signed today are stupid with a capital S on it. Dumb levels of things just, a lot of wasted money out there today, and not much of it seemed to come from Montreal to anybody else, which is always a good sign. Right. I think one of the things that we do need to think about is, yes, the Canadians were quite limited in terms of cap space for today, but also this is not the year for them to be going for it. I think, you know, right now in Montreal and possibly for the next year as well, It's all about the future. It's all about reshaping this team, changing the direction, changing the dynamic. And to that end, today was the last day of development camp. There was a scrimmage. Um, You know, it is still an exciting time in Montreal. And obviously, Yuri Slavkovsky, Slavkovsky. Oh, my God. You know what? We had had, had Ian from the Bill (laughs) tell me that I should say Slavkovsky once before we start recording. Because I can say it correctly the rest of the time. And I didn't take his advice. Uh, Anyway, so... Slavkovsky signed his entry-level deal. So we know that he's going to be in North America next year. We still aren't sure whether he's going to play in the AHL or NHL. The current management team has said that they will not be rushing players. Uh, I don't really know what's going to happen, but I do think that... I think that for me, more than all the trades, this first overall pick was the moment that the team kind of picked the direction that they're going to go in in the future. Like this to me is more of a turning point than, you know, losing Arturi Lekkonen and, and Tyler Toffoli and all of that. Like it's, it's like they want to build a whole brand new team sort of from scratch. And that that's kind of the impression that I've been getting. 
And like there were a couple of things from from development camp overall, as if you listen to yesterday's episode, which is an analysis of the Canadians draft picks with Tony Ferrari, one of our favorite guests. um, You know, we talked a lot about Lane Hudson because he has been showing some phenomenal promise, even in development camp. In fact, one of our uh, previous guests, Byron Bader, who had that model that kind of contextualizes all prospects and how likely they are to be in the NHL and be stars. Like he was talking about how, The model had Lane Hudson very, very high on the list um, because it does not account for height, right? It accounts for the rest of your skills. Um, And then, you know, he dropped all the way to 62, which uh, our listener Rock Smasher pointed out that like over the moon, right? That is a friggin' steal. So he showed a lot of promise, but he wasn't the only one. We focused a lot on Slavkovsky. We focused a lot on, on Lane Hudson, but there were some promising things all around. And one of the things that I really, really liked was um, that, you know, Vinny Le Cavalier and Marie-Philippe Poulain, they were part of the of the coaching staff of development camp. And all of the prospects said that they got a lot out of the time that they had uh, with these players, as well as, as with Adam Nichols. Nichols? Nicholas. Now, Nicholas, oh my God. You know what? Mark was doing it on his Twitches. He was, he was mixing them up and now I'm mixing them up too. All right. Uh, anyway, like they said that they got a lot of benefit out of it. And the number of people that were there, the number of media that were covering development camp really gave us a lot of insight into these players. Like it just, it, it seems like a new era in Montreal, a whole brand new era. Yeah, and, and the thing about this development camp is that we watched Marie-Philippe Poulin, you know, dangle Owen Savory for a goal just for fun. Like, everything, watching the scrimmage, it, I know it's four-on-four four and three-on-three, three, but the pace that people were playing with is what you want to see out of these guys. And we've talked a lot about Slavkovsky. He scored 20 seconds into the scrimmage today. Place is going to go into a frenzy. Watching Lane Hudson play... And some of the plays that he made today are just jaw-dropping. And he's only going to get better working with the Canadians, uh, going to college, and going forward from there. He's They're just so talented. And it's like you look at it, you're like, okay, you've got a guy like Riley Kidney who scored 100 points last year. No one's really paying attention. Joshua Watt, Emil Heineman, like, There's so many pieces here that it's hard to keep up, that everyone's hyper-focused on the new ones, and there's so much going on, and the development's there, and the Canadians aren't, like you said, they're not rushing people up here. Like, the line today, I believe, was uh, Joshua Wash, Sean Farrell, and Yuri Slavkovsky, which, ah, perfect, I love that. That, insane, that's insane talent on one line, and it's, I'm sad development like, imagine, like if you think about it, like three years from now, that could literally just be a line in the NHL. I am very sad that development camp is already over, though. Like, I finally got a chance to watch it. I'm like, I really wish I could have watched the other stuff, too. Just because I want to see... Oh, I want to watch more Lane Hudson, but, like, I want to see what Owen Beck's about. I want to see what some of these other guys are about some of the other names out there. And I'm disappointed I didn't get a chance to see more of that. But rookie camp probably isn't too far off. I believe that's in August or early September. And then main camp starts. College kids won't be there because of NCAA rules, which is stupid and dumb and bad. But there's still going to be so much talent there with even the college kids gone. 
so, so much talent. And it's a very exciting time. The Habs are probably going to be terrible next year. Let's get that out of the way. But there is a tidal wave of prospects behind them. And I think that's very important to keep that, you know, in context here when you look at how bad the team might be next year. I think this is one of the first years that we see the Canadians be quiet in free agency and not a whole lot of people uh, are too upset about it. Again, we do think there are moves coming, particularly because the Canadians have been vocal about moving out some cap space. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in just one moment. But first, I want to tell you about something that I use on a daily basis. I've started using Athletic Greens because I've wanted to take control of my health. Those of you who listen to the podcast know I have two jobs. I overexert myself. Scott is always telling me to take Take it easy, although he should take my advice and take it easy himself. But Athletic Greens is really something that we've brought into our lives to really, really help our energy and our health. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It is the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing to get you the best Athletic Greens possible. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sources superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, which if you're me and you're vain, that's what you care about. It has all the things. And right now it is time for you to reclaim your health just like we're doing and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Scott, the Canadians were mostly quiet in free agency. I think we should talk about the homework that they did or the housekeeping that they did do. Uh, before we move on to what's going to happen next. And I know you're keeping an eye on Twitter. Please don't tell me there's breaking news while we're recording. Uh, There is not, uh, unless you uh, count. The newest news is that the Devils author was well north of $10 million and Johnny Gaudreau still signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So to our friend uh, Jay over at Locked On Blue Jackets, we are very happy for you. Uh, The Canadians signed six dudes today. And I'm classifying it as six dudes because most of Twitter went okay and then moved on immediately. There's some guys. There are some guys. Uh, they've re-signed Alex Belzeal, who is likely going to be the team captain of the Laval Rocket this upcoming season. Nate Schnarr and Joel Teasdale both signed um, their qualifying offers and were re-signed for this upcoming season. That's restocking the Rocket as a whole. And they made three other signings today. Defenseman Madison Bowie. Uh Anthony Richard and Mitchell Stevens. All of whom are probably more depth for the AHL, right? Yes. Um, I can see them giving Stevens a look at the NHL level. He has stuck there with the lightning before. Uh, It's a bunch of decent pieces. It is mostly restocking the AHL cabinet. Uh, Jean-Sebastien D is off to Arizona. Xavier Ouellette signed with the Penguins. Louis Belpedio has left. Toby Paquette-Bisson has signed in L.A., The team lost a lot of pieces. There's going to be younger guys there. 
They do have pieces in place on defense already, but a guy like Madison Bowie helps kind of buoy that right now. Stevens and Richard are very good uh, top six pieces for this for the Rocket in the upcoming season. And Richard especially because they watched him play the Rocket. He played for Syracuse this past year in that first-round series, put up six points in five games. And I have a big feeling Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon looked at that and they went, he's a little bit older, but this is the kind of guy that we can slide in there. Obviously, Donick Martell is back. They signed Brendan Sonier. Um, Brendan Jignac is back, and they have younger guys. The Rocket are kind of coming back together and should make another deep playoff push this upcoming season. It's not the most overwhelming of days, but at the same time, it's like you said, it's uh, it's necessary housekeeping uh, for Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. I think so too. And I think here's the thing is that we know the Canadians are up against the cap and we know that they are shopping players. We know there's some interest in Josh Anderson and the latest that we heard that is that the suitors for Jeff Petrie are currently Seattle. Uh, the, was it the Detroit Red Wings? And there was another team, I believe it was Dallas because John Klingberg is no longer uh, speaking to Dallas at the moment about co- contract talks. We don't it's know. It's so he's dramatic. Like I, I am no with- longer speaking to you. I am no longer, I, I no longer wish to continue this conversation. Anyway, so those are the three suitors that we've heard of for Jeff Petrie at the moment. Um, and things could change. Obviously, I believe that the second that I edit and post this episode, that the Canadians are going to make a huge move. So bear with us if that if that <laughs> happens, and we will record a whole other episode about that. But I do want to spend uh, just one quick moment talking about Max Pacioretty real quick and the Vegas Golden Knights. Because... Okay, so <laughs> can I can I do? We haven't done this in you a while. You can do it. You can do it. We're going to do the rant. All right. We're going to do the rant. All right. <laughs> so Vegas, Vegas, come on. Come on. I want, I want you to bring it in real tight here. What are you doing? Oh my God. You at one point traded a first, a second, and a third for Thomas Tatar, benched him during the playoffs, and then went, well, we don't need this guy. He's just on our roster. And then that very offseason looked at Montreal and went, we will throw him in in a trade with a second round pick. And uh, Nick Suzuki and for Max Pacioretty, a trade that both teams went, you know what? This makes sense. The recent news that has come out is that Mark Bergevin did not want Nick Suzuki in that trade. He wanted Cody Glass, who is currently mired as an AHL forward. Vegas willingly gave up a better player, a second round pick, and a very useful top six winger for Max Pacioretty, they re-signed him to a big contract that he very much earned. And because they are so cap crunched and had to re-sign Riley Smith and Brett Howden today for some godforsaken reason, traded Max Pacioretty for literally nothing. Zero. Future considerations. This is a 35-goal scorer who is very useful still, even as he's exiting his prime. And because Vegas cannot help themselves by having to get the new shiny toy. They went out and they got Max Pacioretty. That's great. Then they went out and got Mark Stone. That's great. They went out and got Alex Petrangelo. And then they got Jack Eichel. It's the that's enough slices TikTok sound over and over again. 
And now they're being forced to unload. They don't have any prospects left that are worth a damn because they traded all of them for all these other guys. They don't have a ton of draft capital left because they traded it for all these guys. And they don't have any friggin' cap space left because they traded it for all of these guys. And now they've got to literally give away a 35-goal scorer to the Carolina Hurricanes who do not need that. For free! For free! For It's not like, oh, it was an AHL. No, for free. They should... I, I get it. You want to go for it? That's sick. I love that mindset. But this is just disloyalty to players where you go, ah, I don't want to play with you anymore. And they drop you on the floor like Andy and Toy Story. It's a joke. I don't under I don't know how much longer players can be like, why would I want to go to Vegas and sign a long-term deal? How long is it until Mark Stone's not useful to them? How long is it until look at him getting to Donoff? They went, ah, don't need him. We're gonna just ignore his trade uh, clause. There's no loyalty to players there because all they care about is winning, and then they miss the damn playoffs, and it doesn't matter anyways. I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. Their inevitable decline into just disaster when they don't have any prospects or draft picks is going to feed me for years, and it's well deserved. It's a mess, and sooner or later, players are going to go. I don't want to do you here anymore. No, thank you. No thanks. I'm out. Done. I know. I think. I think one of the things, like that, you know, it's easy to kind of look at Vegas and look at the way that they behave and just see that no players are going to want to sign there. But it's also just that they have cleared their cupboard of prospects. That's the other thing too, is that they can't build with, from within. And one thing that I want to really quickly point out is that you know we all question Seattle and what they were trying to do, but it looks like what they're trying to do is try to build their own team from within. Like they want to bring in their own guys, right? Like the expansion draft is kind of it's a wash, right? Like it's all a bunch of players that aren't going to be playing there in a couple of years anyway. Um, you know, so I do think that, you know, the different ab- approaches and I think being aggressive is good. I think trying to bring in championships as soon as possible is good. I love that, but you can't be, you can't just tr- mortgage your entire future is the problem. And that's something that I think that, you know, uh, we're going to talk in our next segment a little bit about the cap crunch that the Canadians are kind of under and, um, where we might think that some of their players will go. Uh, And I also kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the other teams in the division, a couple of which have made some significant improvements. And that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And we love it. We are, it's one of our favorite sponsors. Yes, they are a sponsor, but they're one of our favorites for a reason. It is always high in protein, low in sugar. They've got these delicious flavors that are made with real chocolate, real ingredients, and they're so, so good. And, you know, I use them as uh, either an on-the-go breakfast when I've been, you know, I've, I've forgotten breakfast or I haven't been able to get it together, or Scott takes them on his hikes with him. You can use them for workouts. Sometimes I need a 3 p.m. pick-me-up and I'll use them. And they have these amazing, amazing regular flavors, but also special edition flavors. Like, they do this coconut brownie thing that is amazing it's available in bar and puff uh you know every once in a while they'll have something really new and cool and they'll bring back some of their special edition flavors that are popular into into a rotation i think you should try built bar because like i said they're always low in sugar high in protein delicious and they fit in most of the diets that so i think you know it's definitely worth a try and if you want to try them go to built.com and enter locked 15 
for 15% off your order. That is built.com and enter locked15 for 15% off your order. All right, Scott, the Canadians are in a cap crunch. That's not been a secret. They need to trade away players. At the time that we are recording this, which is about 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday night, they have not yet traded Jeff Petrie or Mike Hoffman or Jonathan Drouin, as a lot of people keep asking for, or Jake Allen, uh, or, you know, who else is there? Josh Anderson that a lot of teams are apparently calling about. The the, the places that I thought that... Uh, Jake Allen might go, got goaltenders today. So I'm feeling a little bit relieved <laughs> because I don't want to see him go. I, I I am kind of coming to terms with the reality that they will probably trade him, possibly at the trade deadline. But, um, you know, I think Jeff Petrie, where will Jeff Petrie land and what can the Canadians get in replace of him? Not necessarily for him, but how do they replace Jeff Petrie if he goes? And, and here's the thing is, because a lot of people were disappointed that the Canadians' day was... Mostly AHL guys are all AHL depth guys, and they have $223,000 in cap space. And yes, they can go over that. They have to be cap compliant by a certain date. But we know that Kent Hughes did not have a press conference today because he's still working on things that should be done tonight or tomorrow, according to the media around Montreal. And I look at this and I go, he's being diligent. There are teams giving out 4.75 mil per season to Ben Sherratt. Four years to Erica Branson. Like, there were bad deals out there, and Kent Hughes is just kind of playing the field here and waiting to see what happens. Dallas isn't getting John Klingberg now, or at least the way that it seems. They're a likely target. There are teams that have cap space to make things happen here. And I, I like the patient approach to this. We know they're looking to make a trade and make some trades, and however it might be, and I think Ken Hughes is going to be probably up late, very night, very late tonight, making these things happen. I'm not worried about the lack of big spending on day one. Big spending on day one almost never goes well for anybody. As so, as we learned last year, two years ago, they got Tyler Toffoli on day two after missing out on Taylor Hall. Sometimes it pays to be patient, and the unexpected usually happens with something like that. And we don't know whose names are really... We know Petrie's out there. He's been out there for a couple of weeks now. I don't think Anderson's going. We don't think Allen's going because, like you said, other teams got goalies today. But a lot of teams also now got desperate for wingers. New Jersey didn't get Johnny Gaudreau. The Islanders didn't get Johnny Gaudreau. The Flames didn't get Johnny Gaudreau. There's desperate teams out there looking for pieces that the Canadians have right now. And I think that Kent Hughes's phone is going to be very, very busy, uh, probably right now, straight through to the weekend. Like, and he gets to hold the cards now. He has the leverage because he has pieces that other teams want after they missed out on things. And yeah, we're still waiting on the Stroms. We're waiting on Andre Palat. We're waiting on Nazem Kadri. But I have a feeling these th chips are about to fall now that Gaudreau's off the market, and they're going to fall real, real quick. Yeah, I think Nazem Kadri's um, method was pretty was pretty um, smart. It was, you know, I've had an amazing playoffs. I just won the Stanley Cup. I've proven my value. Uh, can you, you know, you make your pitch and I'll consider everybody, right? Like that was that was that was a fantastic strategy. But I want to talk a little bit about Kent Hughes and his patience uh, because 
It's patience that got him a good return for Arturi Lekkonen. It's patience that got him a good return for Ben Sherrod. I It's blowing my mind right now that Florida got a few weeks of Ben Sherrod and gave up a first rounder and a prospect. An unprotected first rounder nonetheless like it's it's in it's it's just it's blowing my mind right now and so you know i think kent hughes is being patient as you pointed out because patience is how he wins i think he's been a little bit impatient with with slavkovsky assigning him you know right out of development camp but what do i know you know i I, teams do that with with first first overall picks all the time i i don't think it's like it's anything unusual i just think it's, it's the only time that he hasn't been patient everything else is just patience and due diligence and and so far it's netted him you know decent return for the players that he's traded and i think you know that's kind of that's kind of going to be his approach in free agency as well. And I, you know, right now they haven't signed anybody, but I also think that, you know, when you're, when you're talking about contract negotiations with players that are coming up, uh, Cole Caulfield, for example, is now eligible to negotiate and sign an extension. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to come up, but I think patience has been so far Kent Hughes's friend. And I think that that's really important because I think all his years of, of experience as an agent uh, kind of sort of taught him about any, NHL GMs and how a lot of times you don't even want a guy, but you just don't want somebody else to have the guy. And that kind of works out in your favor. Uh, And I think that he's, you know, until people figure him out, he's going to be playing that game the whole time. But I did want to talk before we sign off about the Ottawa Senators, because here's the thing with the Montreal Canadiens. And I think we can all agree is that we don't want them to be too good this season. We want them to build a team that is contending for years, not making the playoffs. And then by fluke reaches the conference final or whatever we want like a solid team. Right. And so they're, they're still stockpiling draft picks. They made so many picks this year. Some of these guys are obviously going to get traded. They're not all going to stay on the Montreal Canadiens uh, system, but Ottawa, made some really good moves in the last week or so that I think we should talk about because now Ottawa is, I don't think they're good enough to contend, but I think that Ottawa is good enough that we don't need to worry about competing with them for a high draft pick anymore. Yeah. The Sens are going to be annoyingly good, which is frustrating, but like, They've got to cash in before a lot of these uh, guys who are either bridged continue their upward progression and need to get paid and entry levels come due. And it's never fair to speak ill of the dead, but at the same time, this is too obvious to not ignore that after Eugene Melnick passed away and Pierre Dorian didn't have that looming presence over the top of him, he fired Pierre Maguire, which immediately was a smart move. And then he went out and he got pieces for this team. Not, you know, second, third choice guys. He went out and signed Claude Giroux. He traded for Alex to bring He got a starting, you know, one B goalie in Cam Talbot to split with Anton Forsberg. He's doing what he needs to do to make this team better. And that's the mindset you have to have because Dorian's probably been mired in a lot of crap because of the ownership of that team for a while now. And he's trying to make a difference and they're going for it. And going for it, like we said, isn't a bad thing, but when you do, it's not like Vegas, you know? And they're going to be annoyingly good. Are they going to be a division champion? I don't know. I think Tampa's still here. I think the Leafs are still very good. 
But I think they I are... would say even Boston, with all of their injuries in the first half of their season, that is up in question with with the people they don't have. I still, I, I still would say Boston has a pretty good chance of being better than Ottawa next year. And that's the thing is, I think Ottawa has all the necessary firepower to sneak into the playoffs. And I think Boston, if they can stay afloat until everyone comes back from being injured with a new coach there, they can surprise a lot of people in the second half and make some things happen. It it's the Atlantic division's tough because Montreal is very clearly the worst team in the division right now. And it hurts to say that, and but it's, it's true. Fine. But it's They're fine. supposed to be. Thing. Yeah. This is what we want for not too long from now, but next year it's fine. Right. Because they, you know, there's some, there's some good pieces in next year's draft. And I also just think that, you know, right now when you're trying to compete with Toronto, with Tampa, with Boston, with, you know, like those are the teams that have been good and that we're waiting for them to go on a downswing. I would say Florida, Florida might be on a downswing. Like what they did today did not impress me at all. And I, I, I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen. And again, the Canadians have their first pick. Um, so I think that, you know, you're seeing Detroit and Ottawa make a lot of moves. Not all of them are good, but all of them should mean they're better than they were last year. And that does leave the Canadians behind. That does leave Buffalo behind a little bit. But, you know, that's less people that you have to worry about in next year's draft. I think the challenge for the Montreal Canadiens this year or this upcoming year is going to not just be getting rid of those contracts that they want to get rid of so that they can play the young guys, but also come up with an identity, a plan, and development for the players that they've added this year and that they will be adding next year in the draft. And and that's exactly it. You know, be patient and stick to your process. We don't know what Ken Hughes is cooking up right now. Like, we don't. There's still a lot of good names out on the market, too, that if he clears cap space, he can turn things around pretty quickly. I don't know if he's going to do that, but the there's a lot more going on than I think we know overall, and that's just fine. I, I'm content to let this play out as is. Habs are going to be bad, most likely. Cool. Connor Bedard rules. So what are you going to do? Yeah. And here's the thing is that I don't want them to be treading water forever like some of the teams that we've seen have multiple high draft picks in the past. If this ne- this upcoming year they're better than last year but they're still bad, I'm not going to mind. But I'm going to worry if I don't see a shift next offseason. That's when I'll worry. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, just, I'm not panicking about this offseason. It's been a long year. I'm ready for the offseason, like the full offseason to relax. And I'll let Kent Hughes do his job. That's why he's paid to do stuff. And I'm paid to talk behind a microphone for several hours a week. And rant about Vegas. And rant about Vegas. Probably not the first time I've done this either. But regardless... <laughs> Um, just take it easy. It's not that deep. Everyone just let, let's, I hate saying trust the process because it's become cliche, but let's trust the process a little bit here before we start making any kind of rash judgments. Absolutely. And so we will be following this. I believe we're going down to three episodes a week next week, but this is your Thursday episode. So we will have a mailbag tomorrow. Our mailbag is back on Friday. Uh, I will go in and I'll look for all of the questions that you have asked on YouTube and on Twitter and on emails. 
If I don't acknowledge it, please ask it again. You can ask in the YouTube comments. You can ask on Twitter, uh, tweet at LO underscore Canadians. You can also email LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also DM the Locked On Canadians Twitter account. You can do that. You can send us questions on that. So as long as I acknowledge the question, you're good. If I haven't acknowledged the question by, let's say, Thursday afternoon, because we record Thursday evening, then please resend your question and I will make sure we add it to the mailbag. We're probably going to have a packed one because we've got a few days of questions that are that are pending. So all that's coming up. Make sure you follow this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe to our youtube channel where all of the podcasts are 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 launched and also we have exclusive videos which we will be putting up i promise of all of us eating gross things and all kinds of stuff like that um also you can check out locked on nhl when you're done with us if you want to follow scott on twitter he's at scott matla if you want to follow me i am at the actistic thank you so much for listening the mailbag is tomorrow